0: Hello, I'm Johnny Cash, this is how the famous country and gospel and rock and roll legend with that most famous voice always introduced himself. This past week, my family and I visited the Johnny Cash Museum in Nashville. And as a bit of a man in black myself, I figured I'd try to learn a few things. And since it's also the start of a new school year, I ought to introduce myself. Hello, I'm Father Evan Ponton. Don't have quite the same voice. Johnny Cash is one of those true, genuine icons of American art and culture. And I'd like to begin by sharing a little bit about a well-known chapter in his life. It was back in 1953 when he was serving active duty in the Air Force, that Johnny Cash saw a movie with his unit called Inside the Walls of Folsom Prison. This movie inspired him to write his famous tune in his second big single, Folsom Prison Blues. You've probably heard it a million times. It was released in 1955. While Cash himself had never spent any time in jail, many inmates began to write to Cash, inviting him to come and perform at the prison. Johnny Cash's first, uh, the first of many performances at prison, was in 1957 when he visited Huntsville State Prison in Alabama and this great response that he received led to many more such performances. But, by about 10 years later Cash found himself at a very low point in his family life and his music career as well, largely owing to falling into uh, drug and alcohol abuse, even at one point contemplating suicide. And this Period of his life, this low ebb, despite his previous fame and fortune, Cash began to feel a new kind of bond develop with those inside the prison walls that he had visited so much as he was experiencing his own kind of internal prison. And so in the year 1968, Johnny Cash persuaded his record company, Columbia Records, to record a live record at Folsom Prison, a famous performance both for inmates and the guards. That experience ended up really transforming his life. It provided him with not just another new hit single, which he desperately needed, but even more so, it renewed his sense of purpose in life, And it ended up restoring his hope in God and also in humanity. Someone once asked Johnny Cash why he so often performed at prisons. His first response was always, they're a great crowd. They're a captive audience. His next response, because I'm a Christian. It's a great response, because I'm a Christian. Singing to prisoners was Johnny Cash's way of saying, Ephatha, be opened. And many were. Many, through hearing his songs, experienced a liberation in their life, a newfound sense of hope, and indeed, a call to the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do you say, Ephatha, to people in your life? What do you say? that opens their hearts to hope in Jesus. Through that concert, those experiences, Cash saw and heard close up also a very broken and dehumanizing justice system. And he ended up becoming an outspoken advocate for prison reform, all out of his belief in the power of redemption. That our time that we spend on earth should serve a purpose beyond punishment and instead create new possibilities for rehabilitation in the lives of others. He saw that beneath the shabby prison clothes there were human beings still in need of a savior, that there were human beings with bodies and souls worth saving. There's another little story that I learned. The night before his famous performance, the prison chaplain at Folsom Prison played Johnny Cash a tape recording of an uplifting gospel song that was written by one of the inmates at Folsom Prison about finding God in the prison's gray stone Chapel, as he called it. And Cash ended up singing this as the last song on his record. These are some words from the song. There's a gray stone chapel here at Folsom, a house of worship in this den of sin. You wouldn't think that God had a place here at Folsom, but He saved the soul of many lost men. This gray stone chapel here at Folsom stands a hundred years old, made of granite rock. It takes a ring of keys to move here at Folsom, but the door to the house of God. Is never locked. This is going to sound a little bit odd, but if Folsom Prison could become a church to some, then maybe our churches can become a little bit more like a Folsom Prison, or at least a Greystone Chapel. Here's what I mean. You and I, we don't get to decide who walks into the church when or why. In fact, as the letter of James says, we are to make no distinction, to pay no greater attention to a poor person in shabby clothes or a rich person in fine clothes. Did not God choose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? Hopefully when the doors were opened, you received a welcome, an introduction. Maybe you got a, hello, my name is Bob, out there by the doors there. We don't separate in here the blue collar sins on the left bank of pews and the white collar sins on the right bank of pews. All sinners are equidistant from God. Instead, we each arrive here at St. John's, for the most part voluntarily, to a place full of people with stuff to confess. We're all in need of forgiveness of something. We're all in need of doing penance for something. We're all in need of reform. We're all in need of rehabilitation. No distinctions there. At some point or another, we all have made choices or faced circumstances that have left us feeling robbed of dignity and hope. And we ended up here, here at this little gray, brown chapel, if you will. All our lives, we walk the line, the line between saint and sinner, between strong and weak, between being rich and poor, joyful and sorrowful, innocent and guilty. We're often just one step away from either. This church, this place, is where those lines of distinction disappear. It's where we unlearn the ways of violence and judgment. Those lines of distinction disappear when we come into this assembly. Here, today, Maybe you feel that you ain't seen the sunshine since you don't know when. Do you feel stuck and time keeps dragging on? We're each here to pass our time together in God's grace, to be reformed, rehabilitated, and restored in body and soul. May take some of us more time than others, but we can afford To give each other all the time that we need. We heard the prophet Isaiah announce, with divine recompense, God comes to save. Streams burst forth in the deserts and burning sands become springs of water. It's the belief that God has the power to unlock and transform even the darkest places of despair and doubt and turn them into sites of reconciliation and redemption. God can do that anywhere. Why not start here? We just hope that when the church doors were opened and you walked in, you won't be exactly the same when you walk back out. We want to love without distinction, without making distinctions, so that God can, become, can begin to make a difference.